St. Thomas Aquinas identified what he believed to be the two most difficult arguments uh, concerning the existence of God. The first was the problem of evil. That why is there evil in the world with an all-good God? The second was that someday people would come to know everything there is to know. Now, of course, we know the second one, really, we're far away from knowing everything there is to know, so that's probably not one that gets in our way as much. But the first one can be a difficult one. Why is it that people who seem to be living good lives, going about their lives in, in living a good life, being generous, being kind, why is it that there isn't always a perfect correlation between how we live our lives and the way our lives unfold? It's a difficult question, to be sure. But the scriptures today give us a sense of what it means to follow God, even when things do not go the way we would hope. In the first reading from the book of Sirach, there's an image that's used to help us to understand that just as a potter molds uh, the product he is making in the furnace, so too we become molded in the trials and tribulations of our life, and more importantly, or more specifically, by how we choose to respond to them. The Bible is full of people who followed God, but still experienced trial and tribulation. There's Joseph in the book of Genesis, sold into slavery by his brothers, imprisoned with a false accusation, and yet what do we hear? Over and over again, we hear that God was with him. Or consider the story that's told of, the, of Job, the one who seemed to have everything going well for him, but God, in kind of an odd bargain with the accuser, allows him to be afflicted with all kinds of terrible things. We see it in Abraham, who, for much of his life, uh, had no children, which would have been a big scandal in his day. And when he tries to take matters into his own hands, it only gets worse. And yet, despite what appears to be his lack of faith, in the letter to the Hebrews, he is praised over again as the father of faith. The real challenge of our lives is never to forget that God is always with us. And while we may not know what it is, we believe very deeply, again from St. Thomas Aquinas, that God permits evil in order to bring about some greater good. It's called God's permissive will. God can never create evil, but God can allow it because some greater good could come about it. And that's also a lesson from the Bible. We see over and over again that very broken people are used by God to do very good things. Think of David, for example, the great king. We'll just pick him. He was a great king, chosen by God when he was a mere youth. But he was also, in addition to being faithful to God, in addition to all of his goodness, 
He was also a murderer and he was an adulterer. Not the kinds of qualities we would look at today and say, well, there's a really good person. And yet it is through David that the Messiah is born. His descendant will be the Messiah, the son of David, our Lord Jesus Christ. So the question for us, I think, is how is it that we are going to live our lives? Because part of the temptation that we face is that sometimes in life, things seem pretty dark. It can feel as if we are blind, that we can't see the way that God is laying out for us. We can't see what it is that God wants us to do and who it is that God wants us to be. And we can be tempted to take an easier route by just hoping that if we just lead a good life, everything will be fine. But what we really need to focus on is the end that comes to us in the second reading. We are broken. We are sinful. And we continue to sin. And so brokenness continues to occur in our world. But just as God can use the broken that we hear about in the Old Testament and in the New, so too it is that God can use our brokenness for wonderful things. And even more than that, if we trust in the Lord Jesus, our guide is anything but blind. That if we pour our lives over to Jesus, if we say, Lord, I will follow you wherever it is that you lead me, we have the perfect guide who enables us to see exactly what we should do and where we should go. And the great promise that the second reading holds out to us is that if we do this, then indeed the brokenness we see, death and sorrow and suffering, won't be the final word. It will be the fidelity of the Lord Jesus Christ who offered his life on the cross so that we could live forever. We are on the verge of the beginning of Lent. This Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. In the interest of a little shameless self-promotion, I'd encourage you as one thing to consider during the time of Lent uh, to visit my own website, which is thefriar.org. And what I, the reason I draw you to that is that there will be reflections each day during the season of Lent. They're plentiful. There's no shortage of finding those online. But I think you might find them helpful. Um, there are books that we are reading. Both uh, You can read them in the text, short little pieces every day, or you can listen to them. Um, there are right now updates from our Dominican friars in Ukraine. Uh, we have been in Ukraine for centuries, um, and so uh, the updates of what they are experiencing, how they are going about things, and what's happening can be found on my website as well. So I would just encourage you to think about that. But whatever you do, the purpose of whatever you do in Lent is not an exercise in willpower. It is an exercise in surrendering to the will of God. So that in every situation, every decision, every circumstance, the way will be lit clearly so that you will follow the guide who knows all.